And now on Tucson Business Radio, let's find out how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise with your host, Karen Fisher. Hello, and welcome to another broadcast of Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. I am Karen Fisher, your hostess, and we are actually in the studio. I'm so excited. We have not been able to be in the studio for a while, but now we've got social, physical distancing. I don't like the word social distancing. We'll say physical distancing down to a science, and it's just really wonderful to be in the studio. We are, uh, this is going to be live streamed from the Tucson Business Radio X studio, which is located in the corporate offices of Stuart Title and Trust right here off of Broadway in Tucson, Arizona. And I have a very fabulous guest with me today, Cheryl Ann McKinley. Welcome, Cheryl Ann. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me here today. I am so excited. And we are going to just, like I said, we're just going to have some fun. So let me tell you a little bit about Cheryl Ann. Well, first of all, the way that I met her is as things are starting to open up a little bit during COVID, the Westwood Look Resort here has been doing some outdoor concerts, um, all by reservation. You've got to, everything's physically distanced and everything like that. But when we were there, there was a uh, actually a group of us that ended up being there, and uh, she exudes such bright energy and light and has the absolute a fabulous voice, and. I'm so excited that you were able to be my guest today. Thank you. And your words mean more than you'll ever know. Thank you so oh, much. You're, we're most welcome. Well, let's get into this. So okay, talk let's about, do it. This is a life first this, for me. Let's this do is, it. Oh, well, it is. So first of all, um, you do have, um, you've shared with me a little bit within your bio that your your voice, you have specifically said that your voice is God-given. But tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, um, that that is correct. The, the voice uh, was recognized by a, a sixth grade teacher because you, you, you had to try out for choir. It was like required or something. And she heard something in my voice. And then um, I've been very shy about it for many, many decades. Um, but when she heard it... Um, she put me in choir right away, so that there was that. But um, in seventh grade, I was given an album, Donna Summers on the radio, and for some reason, my voice just, I mean, it came out gangbusters. Now, I was by myself, so that's when it came out gangbusters, always when I was by myself. But that album, I just would sing it and sing it and sing it. I mean, I, I must have I have it framed. I have the album oh framed gosh. because I, I really, that's where the voice just went gangbusters. And, but I still hit it for, for many, many decades. So it just kind of um, arrived. So tell me what, what uh, and this is a very interesting thing to me because yeah. um, you're saying that you hit your voice. Why did you hide your voice? Um, what, what, were you, what were the messages behind the scenes that you felt compelled to hide your voice? I, I guess I didn't understand why I would be given something. And um, I didn't understand. And, and I, I also, I, I think now that I'm older, I understand more that both my, my mom was totally blind since age 12. And I lost her in this physical existence, this earthly existence, way too soon at age 64. And my father is... Very, very close to totally blind. He maybe sees 6% of what you and I see. So it's very hard as a firstborn child to kind of say, hey, I had this gift show up. What are you going to do with me? That just didn't happen. I didn't want it to happen for me. So I kind of 
hit it. And I don't know if there's other reasons behind it, but I think it was, I struggled with why was I given something? And also I couldn't read music and I didn't know where it came from and I didn't understand. So it was just something that literally was unleashed. So And, and as far as there, and I'm so sorry as far as with your mom. I too yeah. lost, when we connected that night, my yes. too lost my mom. She was also way too young at age mm-hmm. 66. It's just mm-hmm. like shocking, when, especially when I'm almost that age right now (laughs) but yeah um but in in terms of your parents so did you grow up here in tucson as far as or partially mostly i've been here since 1980 so that was the tail end of sixth grade so i've been here for quite a while and you know it never i think i wrote in my bio that you know the the voice it, it, it never leaves you alone it always is gnawing at you, and for, for years I would try certain things and try to get it out, but I almost was suppressing. I, I would let it out when I was by myself, but I wasn't able to let it out in front of others. I, mean, I remember being young and, and clearing my throat just consistently. <clears throat> I was so nervous. And so, yeah, it was, it's, been, it's been a lifelong struggle. for So what you saw at Westward Look, honestly, I'm still up there going, you won't know it, but I'm going, am I actually allowing this? Wow. You know, it's really still so fresh. So this is, it'll be fun to, um, to explore this further mm-hmm. as far as that, because, um, and I think this is the core message, is that everything happens to people. Um, a lot of times I'll hear people within their language saying, this happened to me. And right. just switching that a little bit, no matter what it is to this is not happening to you but happening for you Mm. is a really really interesting um, conversation and one of the 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 things that I see is I too have a voice but Mm. it is not a singing voice let me tell you I my debut on stage Mm -hmm. was I think I was probably I was maybe in the second grade, maybe the third grade, and I was an official singing cabbage. Aww. Singing cabbage on this thing. And that was literally the children's theater up in Phoenix where Aww. if they didn't know what to do with you, that's where that's where they put you. And I'm, mm-hmm. um, I do sing. I sing really loud. And I sing very off key. And people turn around and look at me in church. And I'm like, look, it says make a joyful noise, not an untune noise. So That's do, right. But 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 to hear um, but I've I have had this love of music mm-hmm. um, all of my life and there's something you know music speaks to it really I believe it speaks to everybody there's different genres that are out there and things like that but you know the music is it's 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 there and uh, Scott and I my husband mm-hmm. we have music on all the time at the house all the time. It, and just depending upon what is going on, whether it's a work day right. or um, now it's a dinner hour or whatever the case may be. So, um, but the voice that shows up for me personally is talking. Right. I talk a lot. Right. I talk a lot. I talk all the time. And I, um, so if, if you said it was in the sixth grade, then you must have been in Tucson when the choir I master was. here. Now, were I you? Was. Did you ever? Were you ever part of Tucson Girls Chorus? No, it wasn't there now. Now they've no. got that, which is a no. great gift. That, that as far as within our community, I want to say something though that that music really is the ultimate healer, and I believe it is healing me. And it's, but I want you to know something. I didn't know I was going to meet you after the concert, but 
I was locked in on you while I was performing. I mean, your light, your energy, your passion for what was going on. I was getting so much from you while I was doing that concert. I mean, it was such a gift that we met, but I was already receiving your gift way before the whole time during the show. Isn't that just to see now that gives me chill bumps. Absolutely. It was amazing. And, And that is the part that is so amazing for me. And I do mention it often how much the audience is so much a part of the equation. The audience actually is the reason gives me the courage and the the intention to do this work because there's a healing exchange among us. The energy flows between us and there's just nothing more beautiful, um, let alone the musicians that are on stage with me that help make it all come together. Without them, I can't do what I love and I'll never, ever forget it. So it's just, to me, it's the ultimate healer. And no matter what our life situation, our background, our age, it doesn't matter. We can come together in music. I echo every word that you mm-hmm. just said there. That mm-hmm. is just, I mean, truly, that is powerful. And I want to delve into that a little bit more because as we have all, and it's not just the United States, it's not just Tucson, mm-hmm. um, as we are dealing with the COVID crisis worldwide, one of the fallouts of everything is as we are doing our work to be safe and not pass around the biggest cootie game that's ever been created. Yes. Um, I know that people are having a very, very difficult time uh, with the uh, physical distancing. That, and you just said it here as an entertainer that the audience gives back to you. Oh. So when things were just totally shut down, yeah. were you doing any type of uh, Zoom or live stream or anything like that? Well, one thing about Cheryl Ann, she's not very techie. Oh, um, okay. It's, 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 we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my definitely one of my weaknesses is computers and, and techie stuff. I'm, I'm so hands-on. I'm so uh, want to be face-to-face and have that energy flow. So it's, it was really um, hard for me. I was looking for ways but wasn't sure how. Um, so I, 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 And I was just so um, – I went through every range of emotion having everything literally cut off and shut down. Cut off and so, shut down yeah. in a – in in rapid order really really fast pace yeah yeah so uh, one of the things that i know is that tucson has been just a um a community that supports the arts um music all all of the arts and i know that that's been um really truly difficult for um a lot of people yes and so so in your particular case then there wasn't this thing of live stream and zoom and Mm -hmm. you know how do we do some other things but the good news is is on i think about this with technology i i because technology to me is also drives it drives me nuts i use it as a tool yeah. But the best thing that about technology that I know is to know somebody else that's really good at it. You got <laughs> so it. You got, and I was getting people telling me, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got to try, you got to figure it out. But, you know, and I'm I'm really actually pretty shy and pretty quiet unless you hand me a microphone. Okay, got it. <laughs> well, here you are with the microphone. With them, yeah. And uh, so, but I, I was, I was, I was on, I was on the case to try to figure some stuff out. Um, but I much prefer being in the presence 
And your presence gave me so much that night. Oh, well, and and this is just the first of many. So as far as some of the things. So, um, but a little bit more about as far as with your background, you Mm -hmm. did your Sakatoum Wildcats. You attended the U of A. I did. Graduated with um, your degree, uh, got your Bachelor of Science in Interior Design. That's correct. And so it says that you sold furniture, art, and everything for the home from 92 to 2012. You got it. And, And I remember being 18 and doing my senior solo and people were like, yeah, well, we got. I don't know what we're, we got to do something with you. I don't know what. I, musical theater, some something. And I, I just, I, to myself, just close the door. I can't read. I can't read music. I don't seem to be able to pick it up. I'm made different. There's something wrong with me. I don't know why I was given this gift. I have two handicapped parents. Boom, door closed. Nope. I'm. I'm gonna go get a degree in interior design. And I literally slammed the door shut. On your gift. On your yes. gift, yes. Now, with your with your parents yeah. being handicapped, uh-huh. what was the? Um, do you have siblings as well? I have one sister who's eight years younger. Okay, yeah. So um, you, um, so did you end up becoming the caregiver for your sister oh. or for all of them? All no, none of them. But my, my parents are are amazing. My mother, absolutely. I know she's omnipotent now, but she was pretty omnipotent here. She was um, much later in life. She went to the Desert Institute for the Healing Arts and became a masterful massage therapist. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely masterful. Did 10 years of healing phenomenal work um, at Gadabout. And she was at Gadabout Man. When they had Gadabout Man, it was just a salon for men. And and late in her career, um, it switched to an Aveda salon, which was still owned by Gadabout. So she worked there. But unfortunately, they found a brain tumor. Oh, um, so, um, and by the time they found it, because her, her brain worked a little different than yours and mine, mm-hmm. it compensated for being blind for over 50 years. When we found that tumor, it was enormous. So she left this earthly existence far too soon at age 64. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. She is literally the wind beneath my wings. I know that sounds kind of yes. corny, cheesy, but no, she no. totally yeah. is. And I have proof from people who have found me. So um, I'm pretty blessed to know that. Well, that, that's fabulous. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. just in terms of the information, because one of the things, and it's funny how you can run these parallel lives. So my mom, mm-hmm. uh, sidebar, so the whole time that she that I was growing up, yeah. we always thought that my mother had had polio because mm-hmm. she was totally paralyzed, partially paralyzed, I should say, um, mm-hmm. on her entire left side mm-hmm. of her body. And the the year that she was born in 1937, that was at the height of the polio virus, the polio wow. pandemic. And so they, when she didn't walk properly at a normal age where you would walk, right. um, the doctor said polio. And so all these years growing up, that's what um, we had said. And then my mom, she took a tumble when she was in her 50s. And in typical mom fashion, she tells me, she goes, well, it's official. I said, what's official? I have a hole in my head. I'm like, what? And she said they did a either CAT scan or MRI. I don't remember which it was. But if you can picture the brain and for our because we have listeners, so it's about the size of a sandwich plate. If you can picture the size of the brain, there was about a quarter of that was that was completely missing. It was like just not there. And it is so it was an absolute um, it was a shock and it was a blessing because people who have had polio there is 
something that comes back, you know, 50, 60, 70 years later called post-polio syndrome, where wow. the virus starts to attack the body again. And so people that had had fully functional lives after a you know, episode of polio, right. some of them are finding themselves in their 60s and they're, they're, they're back under, you know, just intense medical treatment wow. and everything like that. And so, um, you know, in terms of what happened with my mom, but, you know, she, nothing ever stopped her. Now, there, was, there were certain things that she literally physically could not do, such mm -hmm. as she could not ever ride a bicycle. She could never ride a bike. It, it, she didn't have the balance. She could be on a bicycle bill for two mm -hmm. at the back, but she could never ride a bicycle and some of those things. And so just doing things. And so let's, let's talk about how that has impacted you, because for me... My mom was both, you know, she was uh, an inspiration. And there was also something really major that was ingrained in me from like just at a at a very young time frame. My, my yeah. brother um, was, um, he had a, I had a birth defect when he was born. He had hair, lip, and cleft palate. And he had 13 surgeries by the time he was 12 or 13 years oh, old. Wow. And so now they do a lot of those surgeries even younger. Mm -hmm. But the core um, point under all of that for my family, and you learn different values, good and bad, from your family. Yes. But the one thing that I have to absolutely say is good is that you never, ever make fun or put down somebody who has a physical difference oh, than you. Absolutely. Physical yeah. or mental, I should say. Mm -hmm. Either one. Yeah. And it's it it was um, they say that that uh, there's a little funny story that happened with this. They say that uh, what is it? Imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? That's right. So one of our childhood my my girlfriend's younger sister she was born way younger, you know, where the ones taking care of her as the baby and stuff like that. Well, mm -hmm. when she started walking, she would walk up on her toe one, one, one way, and then she'd walk up on her other toe one way. And the parents, Mr. and Mrs. Sachin, thought that there was something wrong and uh, took her to the doctor because she was the youngest of four. And as it turns out, what they figured out after all this, they figured out what was happening is Angie was mimicking my mother, so her, the way that she was walking. So, but, but with that, when you, you know, like, what are some of the things, like, when you think about this sharing with the, with the listeners, because I think there's an under, um, one of the undercords and that I, and the light that shines forth from you yeah. is immense gratitude, like, True oh. gratitude. Yeah, I have so so much of what you just said resonates with me. It's almost my head swirling from so much of it. But one thing I can honestly say, um, my mother could see better than most. She just couldn't see with her eyes. Mm. Um, my father just is got chills on my that father too. <laughs> is absolutely phenomenal. He was a marathon runner. He rides a bicycle. It's funny because you brought up a bicycle built for two and. My parents had one. My dad has been riding a bike since he was a tiny, tiny boy. And you can't stop him. They're so independent. They were so independent, both of them. So I, I think somehow as the firstborn child, I knew, I remember being just tiny and knowing, you know, the world's not too nice if you're different. 
I oh. witnessed it very young. Oh, okay. And I remember being almost like a little adult when I was little. It's like, this isn't right and this isn't fair. So to this day, you will see me fight for anyone who is what someone says is different or has certain challenges or this or that or the other. There's beauty is in all of us. Absolutely. I just can't. I mean, I will fight and fight and keep fighting for for that. But I think that I also learned this this beautiful, real, genuine enthusiasm. I mean, I didn't go on lots of family vacations and, you know, I mean, you don't do a lot of that stuff. But so I remember being excited if I went into a new Circle K. It was like, man, I haven't been in this one. And to this day, I'm still that person. And I got that from my parents. That it's the little things. Everywhere you go, beauty's everywhere. Don't ever forget to, to, to shine your light everywhere. And um, even though I struggled with myself for so long um, with this voice and the self-defeatism of it, now I just, I just want to help others find their authentic self and be their authentic self. And I watched my mother absolutely bloom. She was, she was a stay-at-home mom. I mean, she was, she was there for my sister and I more, far more than she was for herself. And she changed her life right about, she went to Desert Institute for the Healing Arts at like age 50. And she was a 4.0 student. She took anatomy. She became a master healer. And so her biggest lesson was, it's never, ever too late. It's never too late. I want our listeners to really hear that. Never. It's never too late. No. And the, I have heard people that, you know, many people during COVID, their mm-hmm. dreams have gotten upended. They're yeah. like, they're, what they thought, what they had on their plans and what they thought was going to happen, yep. that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And I like to encourage, I, I do a lot of reading. I'm a I'm just a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. I and wish I, I was. <laughs> I, I love quotes. Uh, quotes are... I love them too. But one of the things I think about what Zig Ziglar said, and, and one of my favorite people, yeah. Zig has said that if things change, you change the plan. You yes. don't change the goal. Right. And keep in mind, the goal isn't necessarily, oh, you know, you got to dig deeper. You can't say, my goal is to be... You know, you know, God forbid, right now we've got a lot of people in the restaurant industry that are having a hard time. My goal is right. to own 10 restaurants. Well, is it, is, it the, is it the goal of the 10 restaurants? Or what is, it, what's, what is it that's behind that goal and what's within that area? Right. Um, and then one of the other things that I just, you know, so this is a new book that I just got that I am going to highly recommend to everybody. It is called The Book of Joy. And it is really interesting. It is about lasting happiness in a changing world. Ah. Okay. This is an, I mean, could you imagine being a fly on the wall listening to this? Because this book that was the whole time was this time spent Mm -hmm. with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. Wow. And the Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Mm -hmm. And they have been friends for decades they come from two very different faiths, right? And yet the uh, the information is there. And so one of the things that I have looked at is, and I want to read this um, this information, and 
it basically says that in terms of the time frame is to always so the Dalai Lama says, I always try to avoid any inconvenience. There was a situation that happened. Mm-hmm. It was for Desmond Tutu's birthday, and the uh, and he had invited his friend, the mm-hmm. Dalai Lama, to come, but uh, China would not let him. They would they would not let him, and South Africa actually cowed to what China was, what the demands were, mm-hmm. and. Father Tutu was very vocal about this, and it was it's very very interesting. So I would I would highly recommend it to as far as for the readers, so that people can understand that you know what sometimes you don't have to be that loud voice, but sometimes right. it's okay for somebody to be that loud voice for you. And one mm-hmm. of the areas of champions that I like is I like people who champion other people. Like right. you, you don't need to be nasty about it, but you can champion others and to grow. And so when you made this shift, so in terms of now, are you performing as far as as a singer, that's your full time job that you're doing now? Or you do other things as well? Or all um, of the above? Right now, it is my greatest mission to continue this work. Is it easy? No. Um, did COVID make it less easy? Yes. Am I committed fully? Absolutely. Would I tell people to follow their heart? Yes. That's the And key. ever since I, and it's been decades of struggle for me to do it, but ever since I have followed my heart and I made an intention and I had to realize I had to get down and dirty with myself and say, you were given this voice by far bigger than you. I know what I call it, but I don't want to, you know, I don't need to um, pass my views on anybody. It's far bigger than I. So I've been given it. I must use it for all the right reasons, period. The end. And once I made that choice, I, can, I have countless things that have, I have no explanation for why they're happening except that I'm on the right path. And it feels like I'm not. And I have to still fight the self-defeatist within me. So, I so still, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What are some of the tools that you use? Because everybody has those. Um, uh, to fight that? Yeah. Yeah. Some people use well, different tools. What is I, it that I, you I, do to get, I call it stinking thinking or? Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of things that I've, 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 tr- I've, I've tried, but what keeps me rooted are really, I mean, every time I'll have um, a shaky day where I'm like, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> am I really doing this? I mean, really, I, I, maybe I got to stop this. You know, <laughs> this is, I will get a message from someone or run into someone that'll just blow my mind off. I cannot tell you how much the audience and the people that I perform in front of give me the courage and the strength to go on. I mean, I've been in retirement homes and have my mind blown by what's said to me. And I just am so grateful and humbled and just try to tell them that it's bigger than me and all I want to do is continue the work and and hopefully help other people like me because I know they're out there. And man, if I can be my authentic self, you can too. That's huge. I mean, and I'll champion you and I'll be there to support you too because you can do it. And there's going to be a lot of people that say you can't or you shouldn't mm-hmm. or not now. or And I said all that to myself. But... You must dig deep and do it. Just do it. And I have to 
give a lot to my mother, too, because so much has come from her since she took flight. Because you won't hear me say, my mom passed or my mom died. She took flight. And I've been given extraordinary gifts from spiritual people who have found me. I'm really just going about my day, Karen, and I've had extraordinary experiences time after time. Is there one that you're comfortable with sharing? One that comes to mind? Well, I'm very comfortable with sharing. I don't know how they'll all be received, but it doesn't matter. This is is open. (laughs) I've learned that you can't worry about that, that you're not going to be for everyone anyway. And I would tell other people that too. You're not going to be for everyone anyway. And your struggles... And here's here's something that's very, very, I'm very passionate about. Struggles and mistakes are hard. I hate them too. I do. But I also had to learn to honor them because they've made me this me. Yes. Oh, I, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I wouldn't be this me without them. Do I like them? No. Do I wish I could redo them? Sure. I can't. But they've made me this me. I, I love that. And making it this me, I think that's huge. I, yeah. d- you reminded me, you triggered me. It was of a fun quote from mm-hmm. one of the mentors and somebody who's just a fabulous person. Um, she's the founder of E-Women Network International, mm. amazing organization. And Sandra Yancey says, it is none of your business what other people think about you. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm finally getting that one. That one was hard for me. You want to you want to be liked by everyone. You want to be have everybody understand. Not everybody can understand. No. Everybody's perceptions are not the same. But um, yes, I, I totally resonate with that. Yeah. And people do. That's another Sandra Yancey quote. People come into your life for a reason and a season. They do. So tell me more about what was one of the just like one of those. Um, oh, it's called sometimes a God wink. I love that. Oh, verbiage. that's a G- Oh, you want you want you really yeah, want it? I huh? really you want do. It? Okay, yes, well, I told you, I told you that my mother is one of the biggest reasons that I I I am doing this work and I'm fighting to do this work, and it is um, I do believe all the right for all the right divine reasons I do this work, and the the top reason is uh, it's it's a healing for myself and others, and it's a way that I. Um, give love and light. That's that's the that's the huge big intention. Big but I can tell you, <laughs> am I gonna? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yes. Okay, so here we go. Brain cancer is not pretty. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't even talk about it very much. But you get to a point where you're watching your mother die a little bit more every day. And I left my job at Thomasville. I left totally, and I was. She lost the use of her legs, and um, she already couldn't see, so she needed 24-hour care. So I left my job, and I was in the facility with her for 10, 11 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, So I saw a lot. I did a lot. I had to do a lot. I didn't think I could do. I had to witness a lot. I didn't think I could witness. Did I come out of that experience too good? No, but it's true. What? doesn't kill you will make you stronger Mm. so it got to a point in her last facility um I couldn't take it much more I'll be honest I was on shaky ground uh 24 7 yeah Mm -hmm. so I um her rooms were decorated I wanted all her rooms beautiful I wanted people to know this woman's phenomenal yeah she's laying here and she can't use her legs and she can't see and but this woman is amazing so there were pictures of her and her rooms were always beautiful but 
it got to a point, Karen, where I couldn't take it anymore. And um, it's really hard to get to a point where you want your loved one to go somewhere better. Mm-hmm. And that's a really strange feeling. And I had never experienced this before. But um, before, way before she got sick, I had learned about the bumblebee. And some people don't know about the bumblebee, but you need to know that the bumblebee has no business flying. The bumblebee's body's too big. The bumblebee should not fly. The only reason the bumblebee flies is because of the rate of wing speed it is able to produce. So it's kind of universally known as a symbol of accomplishing the impossible. When I learned that, I went, oh, my God. Well, I'm now a big bumblebee fan. I would see bees. I'm like, hey, bee, how you doing? Come on over. You know, I, I don't have any issues with bees anymore. So... I have this little bee, and it's nothing, but it's everything. I think I got it at Joanne's years ago. It's like the happiest bee you'll ever see. It's painted. It's got little googly eyes. It's adorable. Well, I took my favorite bee, and I hung it above my mother from the ceiling. I couldn't take it anymore. I wanted it to go somewhere better. So she indeed took flight not too long after that. And I'm back at Thomasville. And I'm in the fabric room, and my coworker Victoria comes over, and she says this. Um, uh, I don't know how to tell you this. Um, I go, tell me what? She goes, your mother is here. I go, awesome. That's incredible. She goes, well, and you could see Victoria kind of like, she's trying to process something. And she goes, um, she has a message for you. She goes, Victoria says to me, are you ready? I go, yeah, I'm ready. I sound just like my mother, by the way. And she said, well, here's what she says. I know about the bee. Get busy. Do your music. I'm out of the way now. Wow. You can't write this stuff, No. Victoria couldn't know this stuff. If you knew my mother... You know she was sassy, personified, and she's going to give you a message. It was going to be hardcore and in your face, or why bother? She was an absolutely passionate Virgo, an amazing woman, and it was her. I Do I have an explanation? No. Do I need one? No. No. And it wasn't long after that that Thomasville had put in all these parameters. You know, the, the economy was not doing well. And when, when was this approximately? This yeah. was actually 20... Let's see, 20, probably 20, end of 2011. Oh, just, yeah, we're in the throes so of the recession. So we were in the throes. Yeah. So it wasn't long after that, and I had seen so many people before me get fired for certain, you know, with these new parameters. I thought, that's a really good person you're letting go. But then it was my turn. Oh. But when it was my turn, I knew it was my turn. And I knew it was for all the right reasons. So it was like almost bam, bam, bam. It just all happened like that. So that message, that's just one, and it resonates to this day. My mom is the wind beneath my wings, and I don't, I think her awesome Virgo-ness self was kind of like, well. What was her date of birth? What was her date? She was August 31st. August 31st. I'm September 9th, so Yes, so she was kind of like, she knew about the voice, and she knew about the music, but what money are you going to make? You know, I mean, she had that logic. I got all her passion. I'm, I'm still waiting to get her logic. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, that's coming, right? Anyway, but she, um, wherever you go, you learn a lot. And yes. so I can just say that she is my cheerleader and I am blessed. And when things get tough or seem dicey, I keep going. 
She's given me the gift to not quit. Well, and that's what I think is so important. And one of the things, and we're at the, I'm going to, we're at the top of the hour. I just, I do want to let people know that this is, you're listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. I am your hostess, Karen Fisher. And what my superhero day job is, I do something pretty wild. I give money away and I have an unlimited supply as a mortgage banker. And people sometimes think, what is that? And my special thing is I love numbers. I I talk and I love numbers and I like to connect people. Mm -hmm. I want to understand what it is it that makes people be great. I very, very early in my life, I was, I've had lots of mentors and femtors throughout my life. Yes. But one of the things that I remember a long time ago is saying that negative information is free. You mm-hmm. usually need to pay for positive information. And so you've got to be a seeker because it's just like water coming down. You know, it's, uh, it, you've got to be that seeker of things that are bright and positive. Yes. And when things that are awful that happen to you, if you start with the words that that's good, no matter what it is, no matter what has happened, say that's good, and then set about to find out what's good about that. And what and you it, can learn from and it. And what you can learn from it. Because when things happen, it may be just, you know, things things show up for you as far as it might be. You may be going through something because it's it's like when you work out. Your muscles get stronger by the stressors that are put on them. And so I think to myself, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yes, I am frustrated as everybody is with the mask and the things. And I miss my hugs and all of those things as an extrovert. This is like weird for me that to not as far as the information, but I'm excited for we have no idea what the new things are going to be. That's right. Have no, we have no clue. No. We have we can't even visualize. It's like if if people would have even thought what we would be dealing with right now, it's it wasn't possible. And so one of the things that I hope as that that, that people listen to this message, and that they forward it to friends to do is to understand that there's always hope. That's there right. There's always hope. And and another quote, Milton Berle, if the door is closed, if you keep knocking, if that door closed, go build a window or go build one. I'm butchering the quote, but you can look it up and, and as far as some of the information. So, well, you know, you've had quite, in terms of as far as the singing, some of the things that are there. And we've got this, this will all be put on to the website so people can yeah. get a little bit more information about you. But what I think is amazing is that you have, I mean, you have been singing, this is pre-COVID stuff, but you've been singing at Sullivan Steakhouse, uh, uh, you've done 62 concerts at the Viscount Suite, yeah. 16s at the Sheraton Hotel Tucson, um, lots of performances at Cafe Torino in the Foothills, which they're opening back up, by they the way. They did. They opened oh, on the 15th. The, yeah. the 15th. Yeah. Yes. They opened so on the 15th. Super that's exciting. Right. Um, and then the retirement homes around oh, the community. Love so those. tell me about the retirement I homes. Love those. I, I'm actually um, going to be at my first retirement home back, back tomorrow at um, Country Club of La Cholla. Oh. So I honor and cherish them. It's only an hour. It's their little happy hour. It's from three to four. I absolutely cherish them. And um, 
It's just so beautiful. I, I go early. I stay late if I can. You know, if I have another performance, sometimes I've had two in a day and I have to take off quickly. But if I don't, I stay and bask because there's so many stories they tell me and so much richness and beauty to be exchanged. It's unbelievable. I absolutely, I'm, I'm so excited to be back. We're going to be outside. It's going to be a different location. I don't know. Different. So mm-hmm. it's going to be all different, but I'm going to show up early and I'm going to give every ounce of my heart and soul that I can. Uh, that is yeah. that is super exciting because I think we're figuring out you know ways to make this happen. One yeah. of the things that's happened in our own personal family is my mother-in-law is in an assisted living and memory mm. care, and uh, the hardest thing is that she doesn't understand because we would always go and see her on a regular right. basis, and she's just not understanding what's not. happening. So, well, let's let's talk about let's delve into a little bit. So we talked about early. Both of us got those messages. You do not judge people for physical differences. No. But what are some of the other things that you've done as far as for more acceptance like what are some things that that to accept and understand people that are in different um how do I want to say phases of their life is what I want to say maybe seasons of their lives is what I want to say yeah and, and you know I've got a quote that went, that that's in my bathroom that means a lot to me don't criticize what you don't understand son you never walked in that man's shoes. That was from Elvis. Yeah. You know, we think good. we know. We think we know. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know. Have you found out? Have you asked? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you don't know the whole story. Maybe you think you know. Until you truly know someone's story, how do you know? And beauty is everywhere. Just because someone's different or appears different or appears awkward, how do you really know? Or appears fabulous. Yes. Is because there's some people that, you know, that they you'll see somebody that people think, oh, it's an overnight success. Yeah. But it's like the iceberg that that's what they're seeing. They're just seeing the tip of it. They don't know what no. has gone on underneath behind that to make that happen. No, and you know we don't know we don't know what they've been through. And here's one of my favorite things that I've kind of said is, well it just bloom it doesn't matter if you bloom early or if you bloom late Mm, just bloom i love that fairly a righteous late bloomer but that's okay that's okay we all have our journey who's to say our journeys are not the same we're all not the same we're not supposed to be you're not supposed to be that was the other thing is that i think about this um with a nod to our producer from australia mark but there is a gentleman that i met from australia years ago and he's written a book um it's a little book or a little booklet um about tall poppies and the thing about tall poppies is like you this is this visualization so you see what happens when they're farming a bunch of the poppy flowers that um, they'll come along with these blades, if you will, the mechanical blades, and they chop off the tall puppies <gasps> because you've grown too fast. You've grown above everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so um, his thing was is become a tall poppy. Don't be worried about being chopped off. Just keep growing. That's Just right. keep growing because that's eventually right. they'll stop and then they'll pick you and you're chosen. That's and right. I thought, wow, that's quite an interesting metaphor. And then I remember years and years ago uh, listening to, Hmm. There was somebody that had talked about uh, actually, you know what? It was uh, Desmond. Hmm. It was either Desmond Tutu's daughter or it was I I don't exactly remember, but they talked about growing up in South Africa under apartheid and that 
uh, once that had gotten lifted, uh, and she was talking to her mom about, you know, is this, you know, what, what do you see? What do you see as everything? And her comment, which I thought was great, is that think about, if you think about a garden, can you imagine how boring it would be if you, they were all the same flowers That's in their right. garden? That's right. It doesn't mean one is down. And so it, embrace all of it, all That's of right. it. What, what you look like, you know, are you tall? Are you short? Are you black? Are you white? Are you red? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, no. but um, embrace it all. And how can we raise each other up, not raise tear up. Yes. each other down? Yes. Try to come from a place of understanding. Yes. yes. You know, and that's, I think that's one of my other platforms, and I, I, I alluded to it, that how do we help others be their authentic self? It is hard. I'm going to tell you it's really hard. It's hard for me every day. I mean, it, I still, it's hard, but my intention is so crystal clear that this is such an ultimate healer. And I've had so many just people come into my life and give me the messages I need. It's, I should be writing it all down. I mean, it's phenomenal. That's okay. Yeah. But do you know what? And this is the thing. And you can decide that, you know what, maybe I will write it down later yeah. and then start yeah. journaling and start journaling as far yeah. as some of these things. So, um, and then you were talking about as far as raising each other up, I have this visualization. You've got one hand that you're reaching up and one hand that you're bringing. We lift right. as we climb. That's, That's another Sandra Yancey quote. We lift as we climb, which, right. by the way, I want to appropriately introduce you to her sometime because um, she's married to a musician. That's how they met. I would love that. He was um, he was on Capitol Records with Sun and wow. um, pretty interesting story. She's been a, a guest of Mark's on his own personal show and things like that. So raising each other up. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I am passionate about is that piece of really celebrating somebody else's successes. Yes. And there is a little bit of a a trend that I see that I don't like, which is where people are kind of, if, if they've done something great, let's say they've won an award or they've ended up with a big year from sales or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case may be, those successes that they don't want to say too much because they might make other people feel bad. And I, I strongly feel that, and again, it's not, it's not that ego piece, but it is important that we celebrate our successes and to step into feeling good and to let people know that I did this, you can do it too, and how can I help? What can I do to be of service to you? How can I help? So um, I I love to mentor young people. I love to go and I'll teach classes at the high schools and at at Pima College and at the U of A on credit credit and budgeting and things that sound boring right but to teach them as far as that information and to help them because money it's just math the rules are the same for everybody when it comes to money yeah, I missed all those lectures, by yes, the way. Yes, but, but that's okay. But, uh, you can come to some fun yeah, ones. I'm, I'm a late bloomer on that, too. Yes, but <laughs> yes, it's good. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you Better know. Better late than never, right? It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never, ever too late. That was what I learned from Miss Shirley Ann, which was my beautiful mother. Aw, 
That is awesome. So it's so focusing on raising each other up. What are some of the things that you're doing? Um, maybe within our community, in addition to as far as performing, obviously, I you picked up on a, a yeah. little bit as far as at the retirement homes. But yes, the retirement things. homes are some of my most favorite performances. And um, um, just interacting with other people. I've gotten to the point where I'm very vocal about my own journey. And I never used to be. Um, I was very, oh, I can't tell people I'm a self-defeatist. I can't tell people I, I have, you know, I have, I, I've, I've hid my voice. I can't tell people I, yeah, I tried some stuff where I wouldn't even let it out all the way. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, you can, because if you talk about your struggles, um, you might ultimately help someone. Yes. So it's really important that we honor our struggles and our mistakes. I know I, I don't want to, mm, honoring mistakes is difficult, but it really is important because it helps us help others. And we all have had our struggles and mistakes. Let's be real. I mean, oh, we don't if, if anybody thinks that they're, yes, no, absolutely. But, but um, so that's been really the biggest platform is me opening myself up. I don't know where it's all, I'll be honest, Karen, I don't know where it's all going, but it's far bigger than I. I know that. And I know that my intention to serve um, is more important than anything. And how I do that. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been whittling away. I'm like the little proverbial inchworm, but, um, things happen along the way. I had no idea I'd be at Westward Look again and here I am. So, um, well, I, you're at Westward Look again yes. and oh, by the way, because it was sold out, they've added a second show. They have added a second show. Yes, they have. And every time we do it, it's an all new concert because there's so many messages to put out and it's not that, you know, that I won't redo a song sometime but it'll always be with new songs or different songs or mixed with different songs it's really important to me that people come for an all-new experience that that they're going to experience and and every time I redo a song I'm looking how can I do it better different more how can I and it's 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 fascinating how I'll have epiphanies at the at the most unexpected moment that could potentially change the song for me close to completely and wow very interesting and so I'm always digging for what can what can I do that's more different so there's an analogy that you're having as far as with the musician and as mm -hmm. far as for performing that translates into every ounce of business that there is yeah. so think about this what are your strategies you know, for um, my, my, I have a lot of people that listen to this show. They are solopreneurs. They're entrepreneurs. Right. They're business owners. They're, you know, it is a, it's a, it's a collaborative. It's really supporting the entrepreneur, at whatever level that is. If it's mm -hmm. again solopreneur or many, you know, hundreds of, of employees. But what is the process for? Because if you you know, there's another, I guess it's the quote de jour today, but you know, even if you're on the right track, you're yeah. going to get run over if you just sit there, right? Yes, that's uh, okay. true. Okay, so that, so there is a process and this is something important for people to listen to is called plan, do, review, plan, do, review. What about that was great. What about that could have been better? Right. What is it that you're never going to do again because it, there was something that didn't work. And so one of the things that I hear from a lot of the business people, mm -hmm. um, they'll, ha they'll hear an idea, and I want to, with our listeners, to really have them get this. They'll hear an idea, they'll try it, 
and it doesn't work, and then they'll lop that idea off forever. Right. That's like if you were to tell a baby, a baby were to start walking, and they fall down the first time, and they never, ever get up again. Right. That's not the way it works. So the the thing is, when you come across something that's a good idea, and especially if you hear that idea again and again and again, then I want to encourage my listeners always to say, well, what about that might work? What about that might work? So COVID, we're in COVID right now. Can't necessarily meet people face to face. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can't go indoors. Okay. You're now performing outdoors. What about that might work? What are some things that can be done? And this is the part where we have been forced into innovation because I do not believe that most businesses like our industry and the the mortgage industry, we're crazy busy right now. But when everything got shut down, our company had to move 90% of its workforce home. Oh, and they had four days to get it done. Wow. Four days to get it done. Think about that. And you, nobody ever thought that you would be able to work from home with the way that this is. And so, mm-hmm. so we're there. So, mm-hmm. um, so one of the things I want to, we want to just as far as with a closing thought. So how can you, what would you say to our listeners as to how they themselves can tap into more light and more energy to just, just shine and be their best selves yeah. ever? I mean, that's just it. Keep opening yourself up. I know it's hard where a lot of us are afraid to open up, um, but keep opening yourself up. Keep putting yourself out there. Keep focusing on shining your light. We all have had to see the darkness before we see the light. Oh, that's for sure. It's so true. But if you just keep going and keep trying to connect and keep opening yourself up, don't be afraid. And, you know, we all put ourselves out there when we open up. You're going to face maybe some judgment. And I I hope, I, I hope, through COVID. It's been a horrible experience for so many. And I just hope that this world is a little nicer when we're done and a little less judgmental when we're done. You know, when I go to the grocery store, I thank the people there. Yes. Our grocery store workers, our truck drivers, and our healthcare workers are the champions. Thank them. Keep opening yourself up with that we are going to close the show i can't say it any better again this is karen fisher you've been listening to healthy wealthy and wise and we'll chat next month thank you so much